0: The title of this sermon, first of all, my name is Pedro Rodriguez. I'm one of, the, uh, one of the associate pastors. I've been given the privilege and the honor, I don't know why, to be an associate pastor here. God God's so fit to do so. And um, I came here in 2007. I came here in 2007. No, in 2004. In 2007, I started working for an organization that feeds homeless people. That's crazy. In 2004, yeah, God said, here, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you. From a homeless situation where I was begging for change, literally begging for change. Now I'm begging for change in a different way. And one of the men here, a couple of the men, there's two, there's two integral parts. And I want to be talking about this because it's so important that we understand what, what, what. I was, I was in, I was in great poverty spiritually. I was spiritually bankrupt. I was spiritually poor. I had spiritual rejects on. And they came and they reached out to me and they showed me love like I've never experienced love before. Because there's not a love like Jesus Christ's love that you can experience. And they showed me that love here. That was Pastor Gus and Pastor Raymond and a couple of other people that are not here right now. Jay was one of them. He's the one who got me and, 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 and he brought me. And, and he um, in, in that Triangle Course, yeah, he took me to the meeting. He took me what I needed to get. He started clothing me spiritually, putting sneakers on me spiritually feeding me spiritually and physically because we hustled a half a chicken out for Pastor Raymond. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, before we went home, he we said, Pedro, I'm hungry, what about you? He said, yeah, and then we went, and um. And I'm telling you this story because it wasn't always this way. And there's many others that can testify that are dressing very dapper now. And it's only because the love and the, and the grace of Jesus Christ. You know, and then, but now I want to tell you that we come here and, and something happens. Pastor Raymond tells me this. He said, Pedro, please, please, please don't become civilized. <laughs> right? Pedro, please don't become civilized. And I know what he's saying to me. I'm looking at him like, well, if I want to, you know, I'm, 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 I'm okay now a little bit. I can put a shirt on. I can take a bath. He said, yeah, but don't become civilized to the degree that you forget the least of these. Don't become civilized to the degree of middle class religiously that you forget those that still need Jesus and need some clothes and might need a cheeseburger. I come from a place that they say, hey, we'll be careful of the least of these. And in that, in that space is the newcomer. But how many, how, how, how often have you bought, when was the last time you bought the newcomer a cheeseburger? There's some people here in this room, and it's so difficult for me to preach this message here because I want to testify, too, that Recovery House of Worship, everywhere we are, focus on feeding the least of these and taking care of the recovering addict or the addict that's not in recovery, that's still sick and suffering. So I'm going to be probably um, not preaching to the choir, but there's probably a couple of you that I'm going to be speaking to. And I want to tell the truth here because I don't have much time and I don't have much opportunity. So I'm like, right, when I come up here, you remember Daffy Duck? That he said, Daffy Bugs Bunny said, Daffy, you did such a great job. Yeah, and I told him, Daffy tells him, I know, but I can't do it again. That's it. So you won't, probably won't see me here again, and it's not to their fault. It's my fault, but I try to get up here, and when I try to get up here, this is, this is, this is my line of duty right here. What I'm going to be preaching about is where, I, where God has put me, where I'm going to be t- speaking to you about is where God has placed me to feed and to take care of those that don't have. The scripture I want to read after I said all that um, is found in Luke. It's found in Luke chapter 6, 20 and 26. And before, they're going to put it up there, but I want to explain that. Um, in Matthew, there's also um, this same story or this same summary. And Matthew, Matthew says it in a different way. Matthew, the way Matthew preaches it is more metaphorical. Metaphorical, to, in other words, Matthew says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's metaphorical, the poor in spirit. That means that spiritually, that's what happened to me. Because I wasn't a bum. Listen, my family, my father had a grocery store, five houses, no, seven houses. I'm, you know, I would be on the corner using drugs and the people would tell me, what are you doing here? You don't need to be here. Yeah, I'm hanging out with the guys because I wanted to be like, you know, the, the, the guys with the MC boots and whatnot. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? I wanted to be with them. And they would tell me, what are you doing here? You don't need to be here. You don't have this economic problem. You don't have this social problem. Your father has these things. He's trying to do things for me. And believe it or not, they tried to deter me and push me away from these things. And I gravitated to that. If we could put um, Luke chapter 6, verse 20 to 26 up so we could read it. And we're going to stand for the reading of God's word, please. We stand because God is awesome, right? And God is reverent. As a matter of fact, you know why we stand? You ever go to a courtroom, and what does the judge say? All rise. Don't chew gum. Sir, May you please take your hat off? And we obey with great reverence. And how many of you know Jesus Christ is, is way above the judge? Amen. We're going to read it on the count of three. We can all read it together. One, two, three. Then Jesus turned to the disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. What blessings await you, when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man. When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets the same way. What sorrow awaits you who are rich, for you have your only happiness now. What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now for a time of awful anger of awful hunger awaits you what sorrow awaits you who laugh now for your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow what sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds for their ancestors also praised false prophets this is the reading of God's word you see how that one looked You see how that one was very straightforward? Jonathan Edwards was someone that I really didn't read about a lot. But Jonathan Edwards was too a straightforward person. Um, And he said this, that when you become a Christian, one of the marks in our becoming a Christian is our love and our care and our concern for the poor. Right. He says, so when you when you when you when you get the gospel, in other words, when you get the gospel, the natural inclination, one of the fruits of that is caring and concern for those that don't have anything. I remember being in rehabilitation centers and, and there would be people coming in. So I would be there, I had been there for about a month or so, and I would see people come in and out and I would always tend to see this. The person that came, that it was like basically they just threw him off a chopper, and he had like a duff—he had like two garbage bags. That guy, people would help him, but they would be like, "That guy, you know, we'll help him, keep him there." Wow, you're in really bad shape, my brother. Take care, man. Jesus is going to help you. But the person that came with a family, the person that came with like something that, 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 that they had something and they, you know, they were taken care of, they were brought there, but they didn't have any pressure. They just had some, maybe some pressure from the courts. We, I felt and I seen that that person was treated differently. And he was treated differently because they were able to get something from that person. You see where I'm going? Sometimes we walk over the person who's asking us for a quarter. Sometimes we walk over for the person who's right outside on that corner. His name is Reuben. He's sitting right there. And the thing is, he comes with gibberish at you. So you really want to wonder, I don't really have time for you. I don't really have care and concern for you. Because you can't give me nothing. You know, both gospel writers give you a summary of, um, um, of, what, of what this gospel is, blessed are the poor in spirit. And, 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 of course, the gospel speaks to blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are the poor as well. It speaks to both of those. But Luke is more scary. Luke's is more scary. Luke's is talking about that guy that you need to take care of. It's not the poor in spirit. It's not like what, what, what we've done. What we've done here in churches sometimes is we've taken like this thing and we put it in a, in a little category. We call it the help ministry. We call it an outreach. We call it, you know, a specific place for specific, specific people. Like, it's almost like a program. And some of us want to be part of that program. Some of us want to be part of the soup kitchen. Some of us want to be part of the community pantry. Some of us want to be part of the baby ministry. Some of us want to be part of that stuff that they do, the outreach that they do when they go to 34th Street and give out million-dollar suits. Yeah, those suits are jumping. I'd be like, I want one. Man, there was a guy who came with a suitcase one time, and I said, you know, we were giving out our humble turkey sandwiches and water, and he came to me, and I said, hey, I got these turkey sandwiches and what? I think, George, I think you were there that day. He had a suitcase, and he was like, no, I don't want the turkey sandwiches. He says, where's the guys with the suits? That's what he said. He told me. He said, he said, where's the guys with the suits? I don't want to mention any names because I don't want to, but it doesn't matter. But but he said, where are the guys with the suits? Where are the people that give the clothing out? And so what that gentleman was doing was irresponsibly taking that stuff. And guess what he was doing? Come on, you boosters. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Right? He was going and he was selling it. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about because I know because people, I work in the New York City Rescue Mission. They tell me that place right there, man, we make dollars off of that place. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about irresponsibly, I, I irresponsibly put myself in this piece. I put myself in this place by my irresponsibility, by being a poor student of what my parents gave me. My parents took care of me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those that really need. I'm talking about those that come here and they're right in this room. Do you know their name? Do you know the name of the people that eat over there? You know the people I'm talking about. The people that sit at that table. Do you know their name? Do you know what they're about? Do you know what got them into their situation? Do you care? That's why they don't let me preach a lot, I think. (laughs) The Bible tells us that the gospel, if it gets into you, does three things. Right it does the street. It he becomes an agent in knowing the poor. You gotta know them. This guy right here, he says, Pedro, man, we gotta we gotta and remember he forgot, he forgot a couple of names. And then he made it in his business, you know, to do what? To remember their name. That's so important when you remember someone's name. Yes. And you call them. George, what's up, man? And they love him for that because you know what it feels like? He's getting to know them. He's discipling a couple of people. You know, and, and discipling I mean like coming alongside them. Bringing them to his house, much as the chagrin of his wife. Yeah, because we don't want that, man. Me too. It's like I got a small house. I got a sick child. She was right there. Like I can't be like, my wife will be like, when you come home, you know, changing all that. Take that shirt off. Take that shirt off and take a shower because there's some things. Yeah, we know there's some caveats that happen that that could, you know, my daughter is susceptible to germs. But they're not germs. They're not germs. They're people. They're people, they're human beings that have gone through an experience. And it says right there that one of the one of the one of the criterias or one of the things when you get the gospel, it's a natural thing. It's a natural thing to go in and, and, and do that, not to join a program and be like, yeah, I put my quota. In. I went on a Saturday. I go Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. I'll pay. I can work for you Wednesday or Monday and Monday and, and Thursday and Monday and Tuesday. But I can't come Friday, and we're doing that, and we're doing that stuff, and I've even fall victim to this. I'm not preaching like I'm doing this. I fall victim to this. I think because that's happening, I'm doing my thing. No. There needs to be a change. There needs to be a change. That's why it's difficult for me to preach to this setting right here, because this setting, for the most part, is taking care of that right here. But still, there's more that needs to be done. There's more that needs to be done. We need to get to know them better. We have been, been talking about like there's another guy that's joined us. His social justice, and I'll talk about that. That's going to come after. One of one of one of the caveats in this um, poverty is is it's um it's it's economic. You know they've been thrown into an economic into an economic stronghold. They don't have it. They can't buy a cup of coffee. They come here and get a cup of coffee. That's why after the service, guess what? You know where the first ones are going over there? You know why? Because you, you and I can go to the diner and get a cheeseburger, but they can't. Or well, they could sometimes, but for the most part they can't. And, and, but, but, but we're all wealthy. And I know um, Pastor Edwin will tell me, man, you know what? They got two pair of shoes. They got things. I mean, we're very good here. I mean, I, I got to take you to India. That little kid that's eating out of the garbage dump. <laughs> that kid, right? That guy. That, that, that kid. That kid is poor. That kid is really suffering. But you get what I mean right here in the United States, right here. I went to, to Wyckoff, and, and we do some stuff over there. But um, um, my, my, my nephew, I told him, hey, man, you know, he's not, he's not, as he's in converse. I don't think he believes in Jesus. I, I'm more than certain that he does it. I'm trying to talk to him. But I told him, hey, <clears throat> you want to come with me over there? And he was like, no, nah, I can't go over there because, you know, I said, oh, that's okay. He said, but you know those projects, you know what they are, right? And I said, what? He said, they're concentrations camps. Yeah. I said, what? He said, yeah, they're modern day concentration camps. You know, they've been strategically set up like that. And don't you see that all the beef and all the shootings that go on in there? It's only in those little pockets. And who created that? The economic strongholds that, that, that people have been put in. So when we go in there, yeah, we got the chicken and waffles, but we want to get in get to know the nations, and we want to get to know the people that are there. The ladies waiting for us—they're going to have a family feud game night. Who's going? Who's going? Yeah, they're going to ask us. When we went there, you know what the kid told me? He said, can I have like um, seven plates and seven pairs of silverware? I told Phil, give it to him. Then he came and said, you got any tables? I said, whoa, baby, we ain't that church. We got a couple of plates for you. But we, we, you know, (laughs) we got to like, you know, the budget is not that, you know. The budget is not that. But there's a need. There's a need, and I don't want to give anybody anyway. I don't want to give a handout because that's what sometimes I do, and I feel good doing it. I feel good cooking good food and letting people eat, and that's part of it. But we don't want to do that. I'm a fisherman. I'm a fisherman. I like to go fishing and stuff like that. But when everyone, every time I take somebody fishing, if they don't know how to fish, I teach them. I teach them. So the next time I say, nope, I'm not going to be stopping, you're not going to be hurting my fishing time, me showing you how to fish, now you know. Now you're going to fish and you're going to catch your own fish. But the problem is sometimes, I know you say, Pedro, they don't want to learn how to fish. You don't say that. You say, they don't want to work. We want them to work. But there's been a social, you know, there's been an emotional gash in their life that has deterred them. That's why they're there. I don't know what happened to them. We don't know what happened to them, but we got to get to know them. And we got to encourage them. You know what I did last Saturday? Not this Saturday. The porn pass. I told the, 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 the emergency pantry, I told them, hey, we're going to start charging you $5 membership cards. Exactly. The same way you're looking at me. That's exactly how they looked at me. Are you preposterous? This is crazy. And I said, no, it's not. We're going to charge you $5 for a membership. You're going to have buy-in to what we're doing here. You're going to be able to, 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 to ask because what happens is we give them a bag, a blue bag. We give them a blue bag with a whole bunch of things and some protein and stuff like that, but we just give it to them and they take it and they go and sometimes they'll ask for things that they want, right? Can I have some milk and oil? And sometimes we have it and sometimes we don't. We want to create a thing where it'd be dignified that they can walk in and they can grab their own things. Wow. Grab their own things, be like, I want this, I can choose. How many of us have a choice today? Yes. Yes. We want to give them a choice. Client choice pantry, they can walk in and be like, I don't want those um, sodium high cans. I'll take these vegetables and say, thank you very much. I'll take this protein and I'll take that. Thank you, Pedro. Here goes your card. Boom. Next week, we're going to be doing some some ordering. So we want your buy-in on what we're going to be doing. Including and knowing the poor and getting them involved with us is what we want to do here. But you know what that takes? That takes more time and more work and more um, 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 servants. I said I wasn't going to curse, but I just did. (laughs) Servants. Servants. We got, you know who the servants are here? This community. These white people are are, are Caucasian and black, and they come of all colors, right, Sharon? And they come in here, but like, we're just around here, and all we want to do is help. But you know why they help? Because they feel good. That's their religious, that's the middle class religiosity that I want to talk to you about today, that we feel because we gave someone something, we did our quota, and we've gained favor with God. Me too. That's what I'm talking about. I got to change that. The title of the sermon is Begging for Change. I got to change that mentality. I still want to do that. There's an emergency. Maria. Maria. Brother was over there, Hurricane Maria, man, he was like, man, it was crazy. He was in a car, there was people running around with shanks, it was bananas. You take water and food away from people, and you'll see crisis. That's what it was, it was a crisis. Went over there, you know what I mean, going to Walmart, giving out water, people was like, oh my gosh, you know, because that's an emergency. That's an emergency. There's still people suffering from Maria right now. But it's not emergent, it's not an emergent situation. Maybe for some it's still emergency. But we gotta, what's the contingency plan? You know, I want to see, I want to see some brothers like um, what, what can we do for you? That's what Jesus would go up to them and be like, How can I help you? So one of the things it is, it's social, it's it's um um the two things I wanted to talk about that poverty, and poverty is a condition, right? Um there's two, there's two, there's two words when translated, and it's needy and oppressed. When you translate the word poverty, poverty is a condition. It's like where we come from, right? It's a disease. Poverty, man, it's like people do things for poverty not because they're poor. I mean, they don't do things because to get poor. They do it because they are poor. Yeah, they're running around with shakes. They don't have water. I'm going to do anything I can to survive. Anything I can to survive, to get what I need to get. So the two conditions are economic and social. But I want to talk about um, the economic one. It's to be with little or nothing that the world values. That's what happened. That's why they put in that spot. It's not because they're poor. Because I could lose my apartment right now. But initially, you won't treat me like a poor person yet. Because I'll still have some semblance of thing. And I'll still think that I have some dignity. And I'll be like, I'm not going to that shelter. You won't catch me in Castle Grayskull. I know better. Come on. I know better than that. You don't go to Castle Grayskull. That's, that's, where, that's where you're going to stay in the economic, in that, in that whirlwind. You know, but sometimes you got to tough that little whirlwind out to get to Bellevue and then to get to the New York City Rescue Mission and to 227 and then wherever it is that you need to go. Sometimes people don't want that, though, and I understand that. Pedro, we can't force anyone. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm speaking about the economic pressure that comes with poverty. And I just said, it's to be with nothing, little or nothing the world values. The world values skills. Even people that come here, if they have skills, they're already, a, uh, they're, already a, um, um, they're, a, they're a high draft pick. They're not a low draft pick. If you don't have skills, and you came in here and you don't really have skills, you're, you're like a bottom six-rounder. You know, we're going to work with you. You're a work in progress. We're going to see what we can do with you. Fold chairs. You know, but if you're up there and you got some talent, they're going to use you. And it's just that way. It's nothing against any of us. It's just that way. That's the human nature. We value that. We say this person is useful and we're going to use them. But when you don't have those skills, my son I'm going to speak about. My son was incarcerated at 17 years old. My son said I'm in the game. I'm a gang banger. I told him stay away from those red and blue people. I don't even want to mention their name. You know what I'm talking about. Right? Come on. I don't know what he I don't know whether he was red or blue. I know he was involved. That man used to let him come here and he used to stay in that room with me. He used to stay in that room with me because he was trying to foster that care. When they don't have that care and I was using but I was clean then, and he would let him come there. And I said, Pastor Gus, could you let P.J. sleep over? He said, yeah, let him. And then he started bringing his brother, and Pastor Gus said, wait a second, brother. P.J. could come, but, you know, because it was getting crazy. But he let him sleep over there with me. And I was, I was, I was getting that. And then every once in a while, I would get some money. I would, I would be able to go to the movies with him. But it was just too much. It was already too late. He was in Soundview with, 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 with all them dudes, them Bronx people. Where my Bronx people are? Soundview, man. He was over there, right, and, 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 and he got involved, and then he came to me. They came, and they called me, and they said, your son's in. You know what I mean? And it's murder, too. It's murder, too. No skills. No, no, no real education. You know what I mean? Um, 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 he didn't really have a relationship with me or any of my other. He had them, but then it was cut, and what, he, what do you think he got the relationship with? With those gangbangers, not God, with those gangbangers. God, too, and I'm sure he spoke to God, but with the gangbangers and with the people that were in the street and the drug dealers. And that got him into, you know, I was devastated when that happened. No, I'm talking about, But he didn't go to jail. He went to prison, Bobby. He went to Clinton, (laughs) Demora. I don't know, the Black Cloud. Gladiator School. He's been in there for 11 and a half years. You know, and my thing, I was like, "Oh man!" And I didn't. I know, I know why he was in there because he didn't have the social um, 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 interaction with people. He didn't know how to how to how to dialogue with people in the right manner. You know, you know that you know that you know it was because of a cigarette. You know, it was because of a cigarette and a lighter. It's crazy. I just went to go see him like two weeks ago. And I sat down there with him. You know, he got a gash on his face. You know, a lot of things have happened in 12 years. I said, you're lucky to be alive. You know, um, he's on daylock, 23 and 1. Only gets the visits, you know, once in a while. Thrown away. Not thrown away. He's there. We know where he is. But he's thrown away to society. Society doesn't care for him. He can offer, he can offer nothing here. I mean, we'll take him, I think. It's scary. He's coming home soon. Coming home to what? Coming home where? So, you understand what I'm saying? Talent, money. You know, if you're rich, if you're rich, you're treated in a different light. It's just that way. It's nothing against anybody. We just do it. We just feel it. Just feel it. You see someone who has money, it's like, boom, he's paying for the dinner. Cool. You know, and when and, and when you don't have money you're treated in a different way. It's just that way. That's the way the world operates. If you have nothing, the world throws you away. The the Bible and the Bible doesn't contone being irresponsible. I'm not saying that my son was 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 uh, or myself. I'm not saying that 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 I was I was I was I was doing the right thing. I was doing the wrong thing. And I put myself in that situation. By no means am I saying that the Bible condones irresponsibility, responsibility and that the world or us as a Christian body are to accept those type of things. But in reference to the poor, about 80 to 90% of the references to the poor are not with that. Are with people that are, 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 are circumstantially, not by their own doing, have been put and they're just poor. There's people working in India right now that are working just as hard as us, but they can't get ahead. And I say India, I mean any other you know, country that it's difficult to get ahead. They're working just as hard as us, so it's not like, you know, um, 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 I don't want to mention their names, but um, this person's middle class, Pastor Gus is middle class because he works hard, he's a teacher, he's a principal. And that person who's over there works hard and just can't get it, it's just that way. It's an economic issue, Exactly. Economy, the destruction of the poor. Proverbs. Can someone put Proverbs ten fifteen there, please? Up there. I want to share something with you um, of what the destruction of the poor. Um, what Proverbs ten fifteen says about that. I gave them a couple of scriptures. I know last week you got this unpacked magnificently by Pastor Gus. I totally ask you to bear with me as I'm trying to unpack this right here. Right. It says, "Look, the wealth of the rich is their fortress." The poverty of the poor is their destruction. That's crazy. How, how, how deep? The wealth of the rich is their fortress. The poverty of the poor is their destruction. So because a, poor, a person is poor, he has destruction. That's crazy. And it's not because he didn't have destruction to get poor. He's poor and the destruction has come to him. That's what I'm talking about. And so now... Those people that come, and I'm, and I'm going to keep it right here. Those people that come, let's forget about India for right now. Let's not forget about them. Let's, 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 let's do it. Let's, let's remember them. Let's remember them with our finances too. Nah, really cursed. Those people that come here, how are we helping them? We're their destruction. Because if they're destroyed, that, that means they need to be rebuilt. And there's several things that we want to do here, but sometimes... You know, um, there's certain things and certain skills. In other words, and I'll keep it on my son. There's certain skills that my son, he got a maintenance, you know, um, certificate. He got a GED in there. And I said, you're doing good. Those are the things that you need when you come out here, Bobby. Because, Bobby, when you come out here, your face is probably going to be on a phone like this. It's a different world out here now. His whole 20s was spent in, 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 in jail. A whole decade, a whole 20s. So he's 17 years old right now as I speak to him, in his mind anyway. The fruit of irresponsible behavior as a response to poverty rather than a a cause. In other words, the fruit of irresponsible behavior as a response to poverty rather than a cause. Some people are irresponsible because they're poor. Again, we mentioned it, you know. Those people wouldn't have been running around with shanks if they had water, I don't think, maybe some people are nutty like that, or they wouldn't have been trying to take things and go crazy and loot when there's a, when there's a natural disaster because they have, they have some stuff. So they won't do that. Proverbs 10:15 says, and I'll repeat that one again, the wealth, of the, the, the wealth of the wealthy is the fortified city, but the poverty of the poor is their destruction. To be poor is to be a city without walls. Right? To be poor is to be a city without walls. Now, a city without walls, anyone can walk in and out. Imagine, take, take, the, take, take the front door that you got with the police lock off your, off your apartment door and leave it like that. And put a sign, eat here. <laughs> yeah. That's what a city without walls, that's what, that's what, that's what, that's what um, Solomon is talking about in Proverbs when he talks about people that are poor. I ate white rice and eggs too, right? I know, I see the look, I see the white rice and eggs. Papa, you ain't talking to me. I ate white rice and eggs, not white rice and corned beef. White rice and corned beef is a delicacy now. Before it was a, yeah, it's a delicacy now. It's a delicacy now, but white rice and eggs was a thing that we ate, and that was considered criterially poor. That, uh, they don't have nothing at all to eat. Proverbs 19:14 says the wealthy have many friends but the poor are despised by even their own neighbors. Right. The wealthy have many friends but the poor are despised by even their own neighbors. I want to ask you a question. Who's your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Me? You. We're the neighbors. And we run from them. We're the neighbors. And we run from these people that are poor. I know the guy that asked for quarters in front of your house or is laying down. Sometimes you give it to him. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about connecting with the people that are here. And even connecting with those people too. Getting down and saying, hey man, what's your name? I gave $5 to a young lady. I never do this. I don't do this. But I was walking, and she had her dog there, right? She had a dog, and, and I, just, I just, I dropped it in there. And I asked her name. Her name was Marilyn. I said, what's your dog's name? Dog's name Buddy. Dog's name Buddy. I said, good. I said, you're here. I, I told her, here, go to the New York City Rescue Mission, because I, I am not able, I'm able to give you this. This is this is a, a This is like a Band-Aid. But the new york city rescue she mentioned maybe can get you where you need to go she looked she was very young maybe 24 25 years old and i don't know if she went you know and i'm not saying this to say yeah I drop i don't drop five dollar bills zoe did that one time she dropped 35 dollars in this guy's thing over there on court street right in front of popeyes that's right 35 dollars and i was like whoa she was like chacho 35 caña. i was like oh man she was like daddy didn't you tell me to give what is in my heart to give, cheerfully? Bam, 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 boom, ba, da. Preaching that nonsense and then trying to stop me from giving my, my allowance. I said, "That's I said, thank you, Zoe. Thank you very much. Yes. You learn those things, right? She gave. She, she, she felt in her heart compelled to give. What do you take up for the poor?" When you get when, you, when you, know, you know, when check day comes, do you say, well, this section is, is out for the poor? So like, I'm going I'm to speak to you about a legislation that Israel had, that God gave them. He told them what to do. They were a agrarian, agrarian, man, that's a word like I can't say what you can't say, um, um, <laughs> there's a word, agrarian society. That means they were agrarian society and God gave them a legislation. They said, you can harvest and you can have vineyards, but only to the margins. And the margins, I want you to leave all those margins like that because I want, that was for who? That was for people, the poor people to come and to eat. That was God's social security. They were agrarian society and they used to do that. How many people do you leave the margins for so they can Glean. Who you who you letting glean? Or are you being mean? Who you letting glean? Who you letting like we say who you letting eat? Right we say that everybody's going to everybody could eat. Really? Is everybody eating? Are we allowing everyone to eat? Are we allowing everyone, again, it's hard for me sometimes to do it here and in other our house, right, because we're trying, we're focused on these type of things, but there's still something in our heart, in my heart, that I need to have that. It needs to be placed inside of me, and it needs to be something that I need to do naturally. If I have the gospel, that's what it said, if I have the gospel, if I have the gospel, there's, there's three things that I'll do. I'll know the poor, I'll care for the poor, and I'll love the poor. Right, so we said the first one is we're knowing the poor. Knowing the poor is like getting to know them. Getting to know them. What's up? And I know, you know what happens, man? That New York has a lot of safety nets. Not like California. California you'll singe. You'll singe on on on, 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 on Skid Row, baby. If you're really poor you know, you go over there and that's where they're concentrated. But over here, you go to the subway. You know, you got chips over here. You got all breakfast here. You got bread of life over there. You got, you know, you got over here meatloaf on Saturday. Listen, I know. You know why I know? I'm not only the head club president. I'm also a client. <laughs> when I got clean, I knew where all these things were, and they let me glean. They said, "No, you could come here and eat." So for the most part, it does that. But there's a there's a there's a second part. There's a second part that didn't take place in my life, and it did because I had men like that who cared enough and said, hey, every three months, you know, he'd sit me down. I don't know if he does that. I know you do that with other people now, but he would sit me down and he said, Pedro, where you are with your, um, your plan that you had and your goal that you had? You said you wanted to go to culinary school, right? I said, yeah, Pastor Gus, but Vessit hasn't kicked in yet. He said, well, while Veset's kicking in, while Vessit's kicking in, take yourself to, um, there's a place on one Smith Street, it's called the Hope Programme. And there I'd be at the whole program doing my resumes and, and getting myself out and trying to, you know, get jobs and stuff. And I got some jobs there while the gleaned, while the vested, I don't know what it's called now, but it was vested, 50 hands in place I would go. So that's where I would go. And this man, you know, I had someone I'm happy and I'm glad that I had men like that in my life that would ask me, so how you doing? So my how you doing question was, where are you in your culinary exports? Right? Where are you in, in going to school? How you doing, you know, spiritually? How are you doing physically? You got sneakers? Do you have socks? Do you did you eat? Mommy always told me that. Right? Mother say, Did you eat? They ask because they care. You you look skinny. Meanwhile, I'm like busting out at the seams. I'm a 36. Chacho, you know, I could I, could, I could afford to miss a few meals. But the care and concern is what our people need. And I have, listen, I have, we have people doing that. They're like on the ground and they're doing that again. I'm not speaking of, 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 of our church in particular, but I'm speaking, there's still something inside of me that is still middle class religion. I want to jump through hoops and feel that I filled my quarter, Jesus. The Bible says that every third year, an additional tithe was given to the poor. These are the people, the agrarian people that I was speaking about. And every seventh year, you could not harvest your own vineyards or or, or harvest um, anything that you had, but the entire harvest was to be left to the poor. In other words, there was a year that everything was given to them, that you just opened the doors and you said, come and eat. When's that seventh year coming here? When's the third year coming? Oh, Pedro, I know what you're saying. That was the Old Testament. Nah, man. My brother right there, the pastor right there. The Old Testament and the New Testament have been coincided together, weaved through. That was the gospel back then. And this is the gospel now. I'm not speaking to people that are struggling and just came back. If you just came back, welcome. We welcome you here. We're trying to learn how we're going to continue to do this. We're trying to prepare this for the next generation of recovery house of worship. So every seventh year they could um, not harvest their own fields or or their vineyards and everything had to be left to the poor. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 15, if you can put that up there, please. Is everyone getting what I'm saying? Are you understanding a little bit? Or are you a little bit, yeah, I know, I know. This, this is the, this is, you say, Pedro, when we're going to get to the fun part, this is still tension. I understand that. At the end of every seventh year, you must cancel the debts of everyone who owes you money. Oh, no! <laughs> Chacho, I'm waiting for that, right? You're waiting for the tax return so they could pay you back. Listen, I still haven't paid people back that, that directly. If, it, if, it, if, it, if, it, if the criteria is to anybody, it's to me. Matter of fact, after this sermon, I'm going to sit down and look who I owe. And it, and it probably wasn't um, um, physical money that they gave me. But there was a time, a concern, a getting up, a phone call taking care of other things for me you know why because they love me right here whoever owes you money who owes you you know I was outside the other day not the other day but this was about a month and a half ago and Onofrio our, 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 our human toll booth he's right out there you know who I'm talking about yeah Onofrio he's right out there sometimes and he asks people for a quarter when they stop on their car he says hey Pedro I said yes he said, Pedro, can you lend me $12? And I was walking and I said, I said, I gave him the $12. And then I, uh, he, said, he said, I'll give it to you on the first. And I made this mistake. I gave it to him and I, and I, and I should have just said, here, this is yours. I don't, you don't have to give it to me. But I didn't do that. I came and then I was just playing with him. I said, yo, enough, yo, what's up? But you know what I was telling him? Where's my money? Where's my money? Where's my money? That's what Begna was telling him. Where's my money? What's up? I know if you're right. They don't tell you. Yo, where's my, yo what's up? What's up, Jesus? <laughs> that means where's my money? I told him. And then I, I pulled him to the side. He said, Pedro, I got you. I said, no. I said, Onofrio, I got you. You don't owe me that money. I gave you that money. If there's anything you ever need from me, right? i so convicted. If there's anything you ever need from me, just ask me. But I can't give you any more money. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll take them. I'd rather take them and buy them food. Yeah, because Onofrio drinks, and I know that. So I don't want to be a uh, 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 stumbling block to that. But if he needs anything food, I'll give him that. But I did that. I did that because there's still a middle class religion inside of me. You can shut off more air conditioners to make it really hot in here. <laughs> I'm burning up, bro. And I'm a cool dude, man hot this is a scripture that I love too if there's any be any poor man among you brothers and in any of the of the towns of the Lord your God do not be tight-fisted be open-handed toward the poor be generous to him and give till his need is done till his need is gone it says not done gone now I don't know if you've been around me but you know how I eat right you know how I eat? I eat a lot. Now I'm eating less. But I could eat. And if you're going to feed me till my need is gone, you're in trouble. But that's what it says there. It says feed him. It says, it says give him till his need is gone. And that, doesn't, that means shelter. That means food. That's why people criticize certain people. I'm not going to even mention names. Let's help him again. And we'd be like, I'd be like, I'd be like, yo, man, that was the seventh time, man. That's the eighth time. That's the ninth time till his need is gone. Spiritual, physical, mental, emotional. There's a wear and tear in that too, though, as we're doing that. That's why we we need need more servants. We need more servants to do this because there's an emotional wear and tear. There's a spiritual wear and tear that happens in the exchange, and we need more people to take care of this. What it means to be poor is that you do, you do have things, but it's taken from you. Some people, like right here, some people are good looking. Not many of us, but there are some. <laughs> some people have money. Some people have talent. Some people have skills here. Everybody has something here. But when you're poor, they take that away from you. That's why you say sometimes we see and I don't want to mention any, any genders, but, but uh, 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 women or sometimes men, they'll be in a certain thing, like prostitution and stuff like that. they would be like, how could this girl so young make that decision? How could that young boy make that decision to do that? The decision was made for him through societal pressures, through the economic structure that was built around them. So that's why they were thrust into that situation. And we look at them and, you know, we ask those questions and stuff like that. And we do it like, you know, not in a facetious way, but we say, but how could you do that? You, You could have just said no. A poor man's field may produce abundant food, but injustice sweeps it away. Right? I'm going to repeat that one. A poor man's field may produce abundant food, but injustice sweeps it away. The way you can tell a person is poor is that can be they can be they can have something taken from them without giving anything in return. You come to me and you tell me, Pedro, I need you to make me a thousand chicken and waffles, and I'll say absolutely. It'll be about three thousand dollars. Not that much, maybe fifteen hundred dollars. I can I have that bartering that bartering thing, that I could do that but there's some people that are poor that they can't do that. They get their dignity taken away from them. They get their looks taken away from them. They take their money taken away from them. Their emotional stuff taken away from them. Can you someone put Isaiah chapter 11 up there, please? I don't want to miss any of these scriptures. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. Put Psalm 72 up there, please. That means when Jesus, went, and what he's saying is when Jesus get here. When the Messiah gets here, mercy is going to come. When the Messiah here comes here, justice is going to come. Yeah, you can put Psalm 72 up there. When the king gets here, justice for the poor will be here. When Jesus begins his ministry, that's when it's going to happen. And I'm going to read that in a couple of seconds if they can get that. But um, you know what? Look for, um, look for uh, Luke chapter 4, 16 to 21. And this is Jesus now. This is where Jesus is going to begin his ministry. And this is what we've been talking about. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus, for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, the blind will see, That the oppressed will be set free. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you just heard, the one I just told you, has been fulfilled this very day. Chacho, he might as well have thrown the, whatever he has here and sat down and caused a ruckus because that was the shortest, most impactful sermon ever told. Came to give good news to the poor. Good news to the poor. Now, Jesus fulfilled all these three things I talked to you about. About becoming poor. He says this, Jesus. The foxes have holes. And the birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have where to lay his head. So that's why he says in in, in Matthew and a couple of other scriptures, so whatsoever you've done to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you've done it to me. He takes it very personal. Jesus takes it very personal. But the gospel doesn't just help us know the, gospel, know the poor. The gospels help us to know or become the poor. Jesus became poor for us. Jesus came from his kingdom. And, 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 and in no way it says that he told his father, hey, you know, send me. I don't know what happened up there. But I know that he came and said, no, I'm coming down. I'm going to come down and I'm going to do it. That's why the prophets would say, one day this is all going to be over. That's what they were preaching in the old, old, all the Old Testament. And then the forerunner, John the Baptist, preached and preached ab- about Jesus. There's one that, that, that I'm not even dignified to, to, to tie his sandals that's going to come, the forerunner, speaking about Jesus. But when John the Baptist came to Jesus and he said, he, said he, even, he even got it twisted. He said, who are you? Who are you? Can you go tell him if that's him? Because my neck is on the line here. I just want to make sure. And then Jesus goes and tells them, and I love when Pastor Edwin preaches this. um, um, He goes and tells them, tell them that I'm the one who's coming to come and preach, bring good news to the poor. But in the other scripture, it says, bring good news to the poor and set the captives free. But Jesus is so mindful, he says, I'm not going to tell him that. Because he's going to tell him, set me free. Bring good news to the poor. Do you believe that you have good merit to gain God's favor? Do you believe that you're good enough? Do you believe that God can judge you right now and cast you off if you don't have Jesus? The gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ is coming to our life. But we gotta stop that. um, I have to stop that. Middle-age religiosity where I think I'm gonna jump two hoops and gain God's favor. Pastor Gus says it the best, and Pastor Edwin we're worse than we think and more love than we'll ever imagine. Jesus Christ has come to set us free. Jesus Christ has come to set the captives free. Jesus come, Christ has come to bring good news to the poor. The poor in spirit and the actual poor. I'm going to read a couple of things and then we're going to finish. The poor meet Jesus. The poor meet Jesus. Those who know there's no diff- they're no different than the poor meet Jesus. And those who love the poor prove that they already have Jesus. I'm going to read that one again. Right? Yeah? I'll read it again. I think I did it. The poor meet Jesus. Those who know they're no different than the poor meet Jesus. And those who love the poor prove that they already have met Jesus. Father God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Father God, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for bringing the good news, Lord, to our lives. Thank you for bringing the good news to our people right here, Lord. Thank you for for setting the margins for us, Lord, to allow the poor to come and glean. Father God, you became poor for us. You rode in on a borrowed donkey, had the last supper in a borrowed room, was crucified naked and died for us all. Father God, we thank you for your sacrifice, Lord.